The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today a look back at childhood and the early days of television, where an unassuming TV host set an example for the rest of the nation. Now, this compassionate Oscar level documentary features the late great Mr. Rogers, and it's called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Kogel. Pair with this generous, kind, loving man a few wineries that have generously donated to children's charities throughout the years. But first, Gary, let's talk about this film. I looked over at you, and you were just bawling <laughs> so many times throughout this movie. Okay, I, uh, on the cry meter, the cry meter was up to seven or eight. Oh, for me. I'm going to say seven it was or like eight 15. times in ninety minutes. <laughs> Listen, this, this I, I've been looking for this film for a long time. It played in theaters. We did not see it in theaters. And we've been waiting for it to come on demand, which it just did. And, uh, and it's 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. I always want to discredit Rotten Tomatoes, but when I see 99%, uh, that means one person didn't like that. What's wrong with that person? <laughs> What's wrong with that person? Uh, it's the highest grossing biographical documentary of all time. It hit $22.5 million in movie theaters. And it's directed by Morgan Neville. He made a film that we love called 20 Feet from Stardom yes. about backup singers, which is, won the Oscar, actually, for Best Documentary. I think this is also, also an Oscar-contending documentary. It's a... I've read. I'm going to regurgitate a few things that I've read about this film because these are comments that I really like. That it's quietly radical. That the film is a quiet radical statement, not only about what's going on in the world today, which good doc- documentaries have to do, mm-hmm. because but his story of what happened when he started that show back in 1968, and then soon after that, uh, one of the Kennedys was assassinated, mm-hmm. and and he had to go on the show, and he, he was very upfront about tackling the issues of the day with very small children on a live television show with goofy little hand puppets. It was a low-budget set. It was a low-budget show shot in Pennsylvania, I think in Pittsburgh. And and, uh, a Vogue magazine reviewer said this about it. It's the most soothing, joyful, and hope-inducing 90 minutes I've spent in recent memory. It's like sitting in a warm bath of positivity. Hmm. You add it to your wellness regime, because here's a film that vanquishes cynicism. And I am going to say a couple of things about Mr. Rogers, because I got really nervous a few times. There's a few times, you know, you kind of, when people are perfect, you kind of wait for the ball to drop. Mm-hmm. 
because nobody's really, really perfect, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. A couple times in in working with everybody on the crew, he he, you know, he was all inclusive. He was diverse when diversity wasn't going on in the mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in that in the documentary. Uh, there's all these clips that I've never seen, and he was on camera a lot. So there's all these outtakes. But he haven't. He had an African American actor playing a cop mm-hmm. on his show, and there's a scene where Mr. Rogers is sitting there and he's washing his feet in a little children's waiting tub, mm-hmm. and he invites the African American cop, who's a character on the show, to sit next to him and take his socks off and wash his feet too, because because the statement he's trying to make with children is all across the country in segregation, um, swimming pools weren't allowing. Diversity. Right. Blacks and whites weren't allowed to swim together yeah. because the whites were going crazy and well, and there's throwing a, a fit. There is. There's a horrible scene. Just nonsense. Of a, of a of a swimming pool owner, maybe in a hotel, motel, something, bringing uh, pouring chemicals into the swimming pool as a handful of African American kids are swimming, and he's pouring chemicals on their head. It's yes. just. It's the most disturbing, angry. Reflection of the world yeah. in you know the late '60s, early '70s, and then you look to today, and then the statement is just that more impactful. It is, and impactful. it is. It's beautiful yeah. because it was. It was just a, a, how it was portrayed by Mister Rogers was this is this is what you do with your friends, and it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter yep. if you're a boy or girl. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just we're just we just need to. Cool our feet off. And, we need to cool our feet and off. You can and it's use all my about, towel because I know you don't have one, but here, use my towel. We'll share just, my towel. Yeah, it was just nice and generous. It was really beautiful. But you know, when you're when you're in this, what's going on in the culture in his world? Many of it going on still today. How do you approach children with that issue? And that's how he did it. He had them wash their feet in a little pool together to make that statement of what was going on with all these angry adults, uh, very racist angry adults across the world. You know, right after, uh, I think it was Bobby Kennedy who was shot, mm-hmm. um, he came on the show and used the word assassination with tiny little children. Mm-hmm. And he did it with his puppets and trying to explain how everybody felt after that. I, th- I thought that was just marvelous. Mm-hmm. He didn't explain it all. He just brought up the word, right. brought up what he thought the word because, meant. Because kids are hearing that word and nobody is actually talking to the child right. to tell them what that means. And I think, again, how relevant is that today? Children are learning through uh, social media instead of having a conversation with their parents. Mm-hmm. And I think that... And they're, they're learning through bad television, too. Well, and I think that's the thing. It's like, here was here was something that was that was... Completely open and and trying to 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 you know not put children on the level of an adult, but but have them have an honest conversation instead of just talking baby talk to him all the right, time, right? You know, or or you know hitting him in the face with pies and pouring gap right, on and them. being mean. Yes, it wasn't about being mean; it was about love. And I think at the at the the core of everything that that he was and that he did and what he created in in the program that you know I remember as a child growing up and and that that it was all about love um for me a few things that I kind of that that I appreciated is like he never appeared and the 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 fantasy land where mm-hmm. they you know where the trolley went into fantasy land with because, the king and all that because it was important for him to say, okay, no, I'm a person, and that's a fantasy. And so so children 
didn't think that, okay, he could, it's not, the fantasy world is different than reality. Right. And then I think um, there was another kind of topic when um, Superman came out and all these little kids wanted to, to become Superman and... He kind of portrayed it as no. When you jump out a window, you don't get to fly just because you have a cape on. Right, because kids one were jumping puppets. out of windows yes. with their capes and thinking that they could be fly. that wow. they could be a superhero. And it's like no, you're going to fall. And again, just the ooh, just the way I was very very passionate about that. Just the way that you that you portray it on a level that a child understands it, it is really just just so honest and beautiful. Yeah, and I and I say this that he wasn't perfect because I got really uncomfortable at one point because he was a conservative uh, Republican, which is fine, and but and he was a Presbyterian minister. He went to seminary. He wanted to deal with you know early early childhood education, so he's really dealing with three, four, and five and six year olds, mm-hmm. and uh, and getting on their level. He would get really close to their faces and talk to them and look them in the eye. And he had disabled children on the show and would love them. And there, I mean, there's so much love and compassion going on here mm-hmm. that, that it was overwhelming for me mm-hmm. to, wa- to watch this. Because I, I did not watch that show a lot when I was mm-hmm. a kid. It was too slow for me. Yeah, very, yeah. And, and I, <laughs> you and think the, it was too slow for and you. And I thought the puppets were really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I came to appreciate the message of Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I probably found that another way. But, but as an adult looking back on it, and then there's that scene where he goes in front of Congress and because they were going to defund, because Nixon was going to defund, Nixon the was going to defund, so he could yeah. send more military. Which yeah. again, <laughs> how, how relevant to everything you know. today? And he goes on and he basically saves the funding for mm-hmm. PBS in a, a memorable speech in front of Congress and a bunch of hard heads that he's just talking like, you know, this yeah. is what we do for children. This is why we do it, and this is why it's important because so. this is our next generation. Yeah. And that's this. This is the crazy thing is. All those kids that watch that program are now in Congress. Like, do they not remember? Do they not remember this message? It, yeah. I want to. I want to make everybody in Congress watch this film. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't make them do that. But I. I there, there's just something about it that not doesn't just take you back to your childhood, but resonates because it's all about love and it's all about kindness and acceptance. And our culture has not been about kindness and love and acceptance or for quite a while acceptance. now. Acceptance, exactly. There's yeah. actually, and again, it's in fact, how, it's about the opposite. How relevant? Because there's a whole scene, and this was during the Vietnam War, and there, and the king is is just trying to keep people out, and we can't have these people. We have to keep these people out. So he builds a wall, and then the whole the whole scenario of taking down the wall. It's like how how. How spot on to the world we are living in, because the wall doesn't work. The wall doesn't work. And why in the world would you try to keep out your neighbor? And and why would you try to keep out someone that that you know you have a connection with? It was just really. This is the man that said, "Please, won't you be my neighbor?" Yeah. 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 It's just a stunning film. It's just what I think this this filmmaker. Morgan Neville. I'll watch anything this person makes. By the way, I read the one bad review of this. And it was just so astonishingly cynical. Like, what? You know, I want to know more about Mr. Rogers' family. I want to, I mean, they're all in it. His son's in it, his wife's in it. I was going to say, all both of his kids it. are in it. I want to know more about this. I want to, I want to. I didn't want to know about love and hope and, and, yeah. and generosity. I want to know about, more about the politics. And I'll say this about any film and filmmaker go make your own film, judge the film that's in front of you, 
you, you don't have time to go remake it, and you can't remake it in the theater. The movie is what it is, not what you want it to be. Movies are what they are. Take it on its face value. This, Won't You Be My Neighbor's Greatness. Well, Generosity is the theme. Well, and just, and love. And, yeah. and so thought it would be kind of fun then to pair with Mr. Rogers. Yay. Um, you know, it's having a philanthropic wineries is not anything new. There are many, many wineries out there that, that give generously to wounded warriors and breast cancer research and healthcare. And, you know, this is kind of a common thing, but there are a few that do really focus specifically on kids that I really appreciate. One, probably just because I have a personal love of, of music. And I do think that music is also a healing thing and a therapeutic And a big part of Mr. Rogers' show. And a big part of his show. He wrote songs for a lot of those kids. He wrote songs and because I think he was able to to sing what he had a difficult time saying sometimes. I think that was one of the, the kind of messages that, that he brought up. That, that if you say it through a song, then it, it can be... You know, this telling singing it to a child that you're accepted just as you are sounds a little bit go, goes through a little bit better, I think, yeah. than just trying to say, No, you're good, you're I accept you. You know, the words are beautiful, but when you sing them, it just sounded to a be gift. a little bit more impactful yeah. and and like a little like that's the. That's the message that you take away. And then you actually learn the little tune, and then it becomes an earworm, and you start singing that all day. And that's, you know, something that happens to us a lot. <laughs> so, um, Kamami in Napa Valley, it's kind of an Italian winery. They also have a pizza little kitchen in um, Oxbow Market in Napa, partnered with a really cool foundation. It's called the Do It For Love Foundation, and created Do It For Love red wine with 100% of the profits going to this foundation. So the foundation, it's a nonprofit wish-granting organization that brings people living with life-threatening illnesses, children with severe challenges, even some wounded veterans, to concerts and it's basically this whole that if you if you kind of heal through through music that there's that's impactful and Mm -hmm. that's and and music you know being a part of a live concert i think also just the energy and the the excitement and the the joy that i mean we love we we go to a lot of concerts because of that whole feeling i think that that's one of it's really kind of cool this do it for love red um gives to this foundation the foundation also has partnered with bottle rock which i am dying to go to bottle rock at some point yeah we we have not been we can't wait um it's usually held about the the end of may first weekend of june in napa and it's basically just this massive concert on the fairgrounds in napa and it, it, the the headliners for this thing, it's it's incredible, and and it's kind of this whole like drink really great wine, listen to really great music, have a really great time, and so the Do It for Love Foundation um, partnered with Bottle Rock to create this Vines and Vibes event that grants many of the wishes for um, for some of these kids, which I beautiful. just think is very very cool. That's beautiful. Um, Another red wine that that has just been an, an incredible fundraiser for the American Heart Association, um, specifically with kids that are fighting with heart disease, is Colby Red. It was created by wine esteemed winemaker Daryl Groom and his wife Lisa after their son Colby. Um, at 10, underwent back-to-back open-heart surgeries wow. and and almost lost his life. And so they kind of created this red wine in um, honor of him with the funds going to to heart 
health and heart research specifically with kids. They've raised over a million dollars. A million, wow. wow. And it's it's an inexpensive red wine. I think you can buy it. They, they have partnered with either CVS or Walgreens for, for uh, a big portion of the sale, so it was very accessible. I mean, how many... Yeah. How many pharmacies are on every corner in every city? <laughs> so um, really kind of a great story there. Uh, one winery that we love, Columbia Winery up in Washington, they have really done a, a fantastic job in um, over the past few years, not only with um, bringing together the community with their Columbia Winery charity Walk and Run, um, but also by donating throughout the months of July and August, usually every year. So they donate $5 of every case sold um, from retailers in Washington and Oregon to this kind of Columbia Cares program. And then the funds that are raised through both the charity um, Walk and Run, as well as the um, cases sold, goes to help both the Oregon Food Bank, which we know if a child can't eat, then they can't... The, 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 Part uh, being hungry and not being, you know, not receiving a good meal will will uh, a child can't function without. And so we love wineries that give back to different food banks and and helping a child learn how to make their own food and grow their own food and all of that, as well as the Seattle Children's Hospital. I think that they over the past um, they've raised over 120 million dollars with the. this live auction that takes place in Nap and and Washington, huge, sorry, yeah, um, and then the winery in and of itself has donated over a million dollars to the hospital. So really great. Very then generous. there's this little little fantastic winery called Mountain Winery. I only know of them because I'm constantly looking at Lyle Lovett's travel schedule, and Lyle always <laughs> always hits Mountain Winery. He does during um, because they do a great live concert series. I think it's maybe an hour and a half outside of San Francisco. It's not towards Napa. And um, so it's kind of that part of Northern California area. Um, So they, and it's kind of known more as this, you know, they do the concert series, they host weddings, but they also have this Mountain Winery Kids Foundation, which basically is committed to building the future by improving the lives of kids at risk. And they... They really, again, kind of Mr. Rogers' whole story was that kids are our future. And if mm-hmm. you don't help the kids in your own community, then then what are you doing? And so kind of some of the proceeds from everything that they do through everything that happens on property as well as the wines that are sold goes to this uh, Mountain Winery Kids Foundation. And that's, you know, that's just a few. I think yeah. it, the, the, one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had and, and seen is when we have been at either Auction Napa Valley or the Sonoma County uh, Wine Auction, where they kind of do this whole Fund the Future event, and often they bring in kids from the community. And it's kind of in the middle of this grandiose you know, experiences traveling to Dubai and on a private jet and, and, and then, you know, good, then jaunting off to Paris for all of these experiences. And, you know, you're getting 200 bottles of, you know, the oldest wines in Napa Valley and all of this stuff 
they basically bring these kids in and they say, okay, now we're going to raise money for our actual community and we're going to help these kids with their education and their health care. And, and this, these kids are a future, their literacy, that's a big part of Sonoma is they're, that helping ensure that kids can read. Because if kids can't read, then they can't, you know, yeah. what's, what's the next phase? And it's, it's, it's so joyful to see, you know, the paddles go up. Yeah, the and, hands and paddles are going and, up. And to just yeah. so, so effortlessly and easily and generously give to kids. It's really beautiful. All in the spirit of Mr. Rogers. That's right. Oh, uh, by the way, one of my favorite Lyle Lovett uh, lines uh, from one of his songs is, You can have my girl, but don't touch my hat. I don't know what that means. When we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, uh, Haley and I are both going to look back at our childhoods and do our best to remember some movies, maybe even TV shows that we watched when we were little. And we will be right back. Over the past few weeks, we've been sharing our latest wine discovery with you, Wine Access. And we want you to know more about what makes Wine Access so special. It's their impressive portfolio of small production, premium quality red wines from passionate winemakers creating small lot wines that really over-deliver. Wine Access makes it so easy to find these delicious, and I like saying handcrafted wines, that you're going to love because they're from all over the world. One thing I really love, they have this like insiders list mm-hmm. that you can click on every day if you go to their website. It changes often. Basically, it's special selections that are available for a very limited time and very limited quantity, and you have to grab them fast. And they're it's incredible. They They are from the smallest vineyards, iconic winemakers. These are wines that exceed expectations. Okay, here's two of them that I found on the list. And by the way, they're recommended by wine access expert Vanessa Conlon, but I like these wines too. It's the 2016 Rutherford Sauvignon Blanc. It's the title or the name on the wine is 94574, which is the area code. It's a 94-point wine. Uh, It's $24 a bottle. And then there's a high-end cab. It's the 2014 Perlou cab. It's from Napa Valley. It's a 97-point wine. It's 95 bucks a bottle, but we know that's really... It's beautiful. It's from Combsville. It's one of Julian Fayard's wines. It's gorgeous. That's a beautiful wine. Wine Access is a team of wine experts. They taste thousands of bottles every year, from well-known wineries to really small, hidden gems, as we said, all over the world. Wine Access team only selects the very best offerers, wines that over-deliver in value, tasting as though they cost twice as much. And they share the full story with you from where the wine comes from, the vintners, the winemakers, all of that information on the website. And that's exactly why we want you to try Wine Access too. So we've arranged an exclusive limited time offer. You get 20% off these great wines that already over deliver on price and you can order as many bottles as you like. But to take advantage of this offer, you must go now to our special URL. It's wineaccess.com slash Cogill. This offer won't last. Order now to get this fantastic 20% off deal. For full details, go to our special website. It's wineaccess.com slash Cogill. Can I say it one more time? You go right now to wineaccess.com slash Cogill, C-O-G-I-L-L. Welcome back to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Now, this wonderful film on Mr. Rogers got both of us to thinking about our own childhoods and those images that influenced us when we were young. So, Haley, here's my big question for you. What are some of your early memories of watching movies? Was it on TV? Was it in theaters? Was it both? Yes. Um, 
both. I, I, I kind of started thinking more about what I what I was watching on TV. We did, yeah. I was predominantly raised by my grandmother and Doris loved a, Doris loved a good, uh, a good musical. Doris. Um, we did go to the theater or we went to the movies. She loved going to the movies. She loved getting her little chocolate almonds and, um, and, and her little, her little Coca-Cola and, and, she, but it, she liked a lot of musicals. I remember at one point, the one musical I wasn't allowed to see. So, my sister and my cousin went to see Greece, and Doris and I had to go see um, Jungle Book. But it was very charming, and it's probably because I wasn't old enough to see Greece. But then when I saw Greece, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, well, there's all those sexual innuendo yes, jokes in Greece, Greece that most young kids would not And get. I wouldn't have gotten it anyway. Would have gone right by exactly. you. Exactly. So, but, um, but we saw Jungle Book. But Doris, you know, she loved a good musical. She also loved a good epic. If there was an epic we could watch, you know, we I, it's like Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh, she's and, into David Lean Doris. And, and Dr. Zhivago. David and, Lean Doris. I was going to say. And big, long movies. Yeah. And then Music Man and Easter Parade. Sitting around on Easter, you know, Easter Day and watching Easter Parade was always a very big event. Um, but then, you know, there was also Doris. We watched a lot of TV. She loved she loved her soap operas. Every summer outing couldn't take place, you know, until after... Two o'clock, so she could watch Days of Our Lives in Another World. When Another World was canceled, it was just like the most heartbreaking thing. And then I think I turned on Days of Our Lives a couple of weeks ago, and it's the exact same storyline that it was, you know, thirty years ago. Would Doris be the type of person that when it doesn't, the soap opera doesn't come on the show, she'll she, call the TV station she, she wrote, and ream them out? She wrote more letters to the paper about the fact that that they canceled. You know that her soap opera wasn't on because there was like the tornado coverage or whatever. Yeah, sweet Doris. Wall to wall tornado coverage. Do, I was, yeah, no. Where's Days of Our Lives? <laughs> I, I need to know what's going to happen to Bo and Hope. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, and, you know, we did watch, I think we watched, some, I remember Mr. Rogers, I remember Electric Company. Electric PBS Company. was was definitely a big part of it. There's also, I remember, she loved her evening soap operas. We watched, again, she wouldn't let me go see Grease, but we could watch like Dynasty and Dallas. And there was just as much sex going on there. But Doris made sense in her own head. In her own head. <laughs> in her own head. And, and she did have this very funny restaurant that um, she always Worked in because she liked to sing on Saturday nights. That was her. She so owned the restaurant. She, it was her restaurant. Yes, mm-hmm. called the Farmer's Daughter, and and Doris in Fayetteville, in Arkansas. Fayetteville, Arkansas. Doris was the only lady in the house. She only hired waiters because she wanted to be the only girl, and she'd sit on her little bar stool with her little piano player Morris, and they'd sing their little songs. And then during that time period, again, this is interesting parenting. Um, my sister Daphne and I, we would watch Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Yeah. And then after that, the restaurant would close, and Doris would take us with all our waiters to Martha's Inn, and we'd all have breakfast together, and we'd have you know extra crispy bacon. And, That's a great experience. And, and, well, it was. I don't know if that. It was a little odd. <laughs> well, well, it's odd, odd to be. A, yes, at you know the age of ten, but. I can't imagine you eating crispy bacon. It was Doris's favorite. No, I didn't. No, I ate the didn't. pancakes because I was a large child. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> I can. I like you? another stack from Elmer's Colonial House of Pancakes. <laughs> so I grew up watching. Uh, so my earliest. I'm trying to think of my earliest memory of movies. It would have to be mo- any monster movie. Yeah. Because, and also, uh, 
what a lot of people don't know about me is I had no parental I had no parental authority at all. I had parents who did not care what movie I saw, when I want, just as long as I could mostly get there by myself. So I started riding the bus at the age of like seven. And, uh, and they would drop me off also on a Friday and a Saturday night. They would just drop me off at like 6.30, pick me up at 10.30, and I'd watch double features and triple features of, you know, The Blob and Creature from the Black Lagoon for the 40th time and stuff like that. But um, King Kong was huge for me when I was little because I remember seeing it on television. I was so fascinated. And then as a professional years later, you know, I got to meet Fay Ray, and, and who's in the arms of King Kong. And that's a 1933 black and white and all the effects were by a guy named Ray Harryhausen, who is the most famous special effects. He's the creator of stop-motion animation. He also did The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. And, but he created King Kong, which was only about 8 to 10 inches high, and you know moved it 24 frames per second to make it kind of walk and move. And I remember interviewing Ray. I have a book of all of his special effects autographed to me by Ray Harryhausen, and that's like gold Gold to me. That's just I just love that, that guy. Uh, on television, I watched Leave It to Beaver a lot. Nice. <laughs> Leave It to Beaver, starring Hugh Beaumont, Barbara Billingsley, Tony Dow, and Jerry Mathers as the, the Beaver. <laughs> and he's all, he's up in that coffee cup billboard, you know, and smoke's coming out of it. And he get you know, he's cutting school. I used to do fake sneeze attacks at school because I can fake sneeze whenever I want. And uh, uh, I would string about twenty of them together, and the teacher would say, "Go home." So I could watch the the Beaver and get Gary out of school. Gary Cogill. Well, hey, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, are you trying? I, to- <laughs> I need to go home. I know they sound pretty good. And then, and then the Blob was huge for me because that was Steve McQueen, and I couldn't understand. Steve McQueen was a great actor, but he was a kid then, and it's the Blob. And and then I got into all those big David Lean films, Lawrence of Arabia at the age of ten, and you know Omar Sharif, Peter O'Toole. Got into To Kill a Mockingbird. Got into Gregory Peck. Uh, was really into West Side Story because I had a sister who had the album. And then she worked at a, a big movie theater, and she would get me in for free. And I had, West Side Story blew my mind. I just couldn't quite figure it out, and I loved all of it. And I loved Camelot, I thought yeah. Camelot was really interesting. But mostly it was monster movies, and they were bad monster movies until I graduated really at the age of around 10 into the good stuff. Yeah. And 10's really young to graduate into the yeah. good stuff. Usually you don't do, if you even graduate into the good stuff. But yeah, those are those are good. Oh, and I would stay home on Friday night to watch Wild Wild West with my mom. Nice. And, uh, and we had a tradition. Uh, if she had, uh, she would buy the whipped cream in a can, uh-huh. you know, carbonated can. I know you love that. <laughs> and I would, I would sit there with a can. And my mom would sit across <laughs> over here with a t- TV tray <laughs> we watch wild wild west and i just take the can and go <laughs> inside my mouth just fill it up wow whipped cream and crispy bacon God, <laughs> how did we ever survive childhood it's good stuff <laughs> next time on kogel wine and film a perfect pairing more great films either in theaters or on demand along with wines and pairings that are always worthy of celebration. For more on the films and wine we talked about today, be sure to follow our blog on CogillConsulting.com or through Facebook. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas on Court. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha. Building a stronger financial foundation 
good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. You'll learn how the tools in your financial plan reinforce each other to help you minimize taxes and offset potential risks. Grow your confidence by strengthening your finances today at northwesternmutual.com slash goodplan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.